Hi guys, welcome to the Hex Podcast, Season 3, Episode 13. I'm here with Andre, a member of the gym. Hi Andre. Hi Phil. <laughs> uh, today's podcast is about men's mental health, as it's Men's Mental Health Month, November. How health and fitness can benefit your mental health, and a little bit about November. That's great. Thanks for having me. Cool. So Andre, tell me about yourself. You've been at Hex for... I've been a member at Hex for two years and, and a half now. Moved to London... Eight years and a half ago, moved from abroad. I'm not from the UK. Yeah, made London as my home. It's been quite an interesting mm. journey here uh, since two years and a half. I started actually my fitness journey around four years and a half ago, just before COVID. Yeah, I had my ups and downs, you know, with my uh, fitness journey, with my mental health. Uh, it's been quite an interesting ride. So you're originally from Lebanon? Correct. From okay. Born and raised in Lebanon. And all your, most of your family and friends you've left behind there and you came here on yeah. your own? Yeah, so I left when I was 20 years old. I turned 35 in December, so it's been 15 years, many places. I was basically an economic migrant, you know, just chasing opportunities, better jobs, more security. And uh, yeah, I started in Qatar. Then I came here for business school, then I left, and then I was in Dubai, and then I moved to Asia. I spent some time in China and Japan, and uh, then moved back to London uh, eight years ago. Oh, nice. So, yeah. around the world. Around the world, yeah. So, you've witnessed a few different cultures and a few different... Yeah. It's uh, it's very interesting. You, The more places you live, uh, for me, it was two observations. The first thing is how different we are in terms of cultures, traditions, the way we think. But at the same time, it's like how much we have in common. And that's specific, you know, uh, to the way we behave. Uh, and if we want to like narrow it down, you know, to this topic, to, mm. to us men in general, there's definitely something in common with all people who identify as male or men, mm. you know, globally. It's, it, it's very interesting. So like the fundamental needs of a yeah. man in this role of society, even though that is forever changing, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, mind stereotypes on me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it changes between culture and another, but mm. one common thing you, you find is the perception or the expectation a lot of times that, you know, the man is the provider of the family or the one who looks after the family or he's a strong one. Not only, you know, f- physically, but also mentally, mm. you know, you're supposed to be the one that's centered, stabled, that know what's going on and have a solution for everything. And pretty much, you know, uh, that's across cultures. I mean, take an example, my time I lived in Japan. I mean, Japan is a very distinct and very special culture. It's not only, you know, people, you know, sometimes think Japan is like very similar to most like Asian cultures. It's a culture on its own. And you have the concept of a salary man, for example, in Japan. And what that is, the woman is home, you know, providing for the kids, looking after the kids, taking them to school, bringing them to school, cooking, cleaning, etc. And the salary man, you have a corporate job, you wear a black suit, white shirt, black tie every day, go to work from 7 in the morning, come back at 10 in the evening, and you just like generate the revenue for, uh, for the family. And that's very common. And this is like a very much advanced first world country. And then, you know, you see the similar version of it in China, similar version of it in the UAE, in Qatar, in Lebanon, in the UK, in across Europe. It's very interesting. Are the gender roles in Asia, especially Japan, slightly different than they are in the UK? To be honest, I think the UK is more common. Sometimes you see, you know, like it's more equal, I think. In Japan, is it's less. It's changing, especially, you know, with, with the Gen Z generation and the new generation. Things are shifting, but at, at a much slower pace. I think in the UK, it's being challenged, let's put it this way. It hasn't changed totally, but it's being challenged. 
you would see more, for example, stay-at-home dads, moms going to work and have a full-time job. I've never seen that in Japan. Okay, interesting. Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. It will start men's experience disproportionately high rates of suicide, um, high rates of suicide with death by suicide being the biggest kill of men under the age of 50 in the UK, which I think everyone is kind of aware of, aren't they? Mm. So the suicide rates. And I think depression and anxiety is, is quite highly um, talked about themes that in the UK and especially within men recently. I mean, before we dig into that, the int- what I find also very fascinating and very shocking is uh, until men get, you know, to a stage of like, you know, dying by suicide is amongst the people, the men that are diagnosed with depression and anxiety, barely 50% of them ask for help or go to therapy. Yeah. Uh, which is also like a very low rate compared, you know, to other genders, uh, if you take women as an example, which says a lot why we don't ask for help. And then, you know, you get to the next statistics, which is the percentage of men, you know, dying by suicide. It's quite a shocking rate, I think. And, and this is in the UK. I could imagine it's even higher in other places. And yeah, it comes down to anxiety, depression, social pressure, a lot of that. So in terms of like, yeah, support, Especially in your in your background, while you've been in the, in the London, what kind of support have you have you witnessed? I think the support, like from my experience, it's present, it's available. I I think I was lucky, you know, I was in a lot of jobs where you know they had some sort of aid or mm. some sort of third party where you can go for you know for therapy or you know to talk about your mental health, etc. But at the same time, you find a lot of men doing it. Uh, there's this element of shame that mm. goes uh, to that, that if you talked about it, you know, as a start, you know, that, that's shameful. Uh, that's, you know, making you less masculine or... Uh, exactly, you know, you, and, and this comes down, you know, to that toxic masculinity culture that we have very, very uh, mm. amongst us. A lot of men feel so much shame asking for help or going and seeking the help that is that is provided. It's more common people are over 30 and the older you get, probably the more prone to maybe depression or anxiety you have, whether it be societal pressures of not getting to the stage where you think you should be or people tell yeah. you should be. Like for example, if you're not married by 40 or if you have kids or, <clears throat> and also that's linked in with your friendship groups diminishing. For example, me, my, my friendship group is, yes, they're still there, but from going to see them every week to now seeing them maybe once a year because they've they all got their own families and friends. Mm. Um, so your support system is a lot smaller than women. Women tend to be, they have like bigger and stronger friendship groups. Yeah. And they talk about the way them and the men kind of holding, don't they? I think we, we, we are very much dictated by checklists that we need to accomplish at every age bracket, you know, uh, have a family by the age of 40, mm. uh, get on the, you know, property yeah. ladder, the job that you are expected to have. And now you add to it, you know, mm. how we're supposed to look, uh, <laughs> the lifestyle, the list goes on and goes on and goes on. I mean, it's all achievable in a way, but mm. everyone does it at their own pace. We added like stress for people like, who you not? You haven't got to societal expectations or you haven't, you haven't met them yet. But then in terms of stats, less people are owning house now because of the property prices. Yeah. More divorce rates. There's more yeah. people doing therapy. Obviously, suicide rates are higher. So the stats are out there are pretty that like, the generic direction of life isn't actually true. Yeah. And the pressure that goes with that, not everyone can, 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 can take it. I'll give you a personal example. One of the things I hate going to right now is weddings. Mm. 
because especially if you're single yeah, yeah. first of all if you don't have a plus one you yeah. know you're going on your own you know the question that comes next especially you know when i go to like big family weddings mm. when are you next what are you waiting for you know mm. you're you're almost you're mid-30s that goes you know with with some guilt to it you know mm. it would be nice for your parents to see their grandkids yeah. when they're around uh, you don't want to get older and have kids later on. You will not, you know, enjoy seeing them growing up the way you are when you're young. And then, you know, this is supposed to be a cheerful, nice event. It becomes such a pressured event. You don't enjoy it anymore. So it's always like matched or linked with old-fashioned beliefs that to be happy, you have to get a family and settle down into old-fashioned traditional, traditional yeah. ways of living. But yeah. nowadays, especially in big cities in London, there's lots more to offer. And maybe not everyone wants to settle down and have mm. kids or, or settle down or... Some people are very happy single. Yeah. I mean, take, take marriage as an example and the pressure we have, you know, as, as, as men. In my culture, the expectation, that's a very oriental approach to family, is that you get married, you have kids, and then you get to a certain age where the expectation is that the kids will look after you mm. and support you. And then the moment, you know, if you tell anyone, oh, I don't have plans to get married or to have kids, the obvious question will be like, so who's going to look after you when you're old? You're going to be alone and miserable. I'm like, actually, I don't think so. <laughs> Life has changed, you know, and the social construct has changed yeah. as well. Uh, this might have been applicable 100 years ago, but it's very different now. So also, like, going on the next topic about fitness and benefits from mental health, that is a main benefit to fitness because as you get older, you'll be healthier, less likely to pick up diseases and illnesses, and you'll be more self-sufficient. And less dependent on anyone yeah. else. Looking to lose my, my fitness... Obviously, a little bit strength-wise, but I want to be running and yeah. until I'm like ninety. Yeah. Mm. Also, Phil, you know, we as a society in general, we're going through cycles. We went through this cycle, you know, I think up to the seventies or early eighties, where we lived in very much of a community, and people looked after each other, neighbors yeah. knew each other, 100%. and then we became very much of an individualistic society where you're on your own, mm. you don't even know who's living next door. Now we're going back, you know, to that, you know, people re are realizing that actually living in a community is very important. And you see, you know, neighborhoods getting to know each other, people getting to know. Mm. I, I think people are wakening up to this. We're and very tribal. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a human nature, yeah. I think, you know, you cannot live on your own. We, as, a, as a humans, I think, and this is, you know, my personal perception is we are designed in a way that we live in a tribe or mm. a group. Is it some people that share the same values? Is it people that share the same interests, uh, like the same music? It could be anything, but you know, you, you, you'll gravitate to a certain group naturally and want to be part of, part of it more or less. I think it's another thing about living in big cities. Everyone always thinks there's more people, so you're more likely to meet someone or be in uh, better friendship groups. Yeah. And actually, sometimes in the city, it can be more lonely than it can be in the communities because you're so segregated sometimes. Or I mean, especially a city like a city like London, if you don't know anyone and you just moved here, it can be a very, very, very lonely city. Circling back to fitness and and mental health, I mean, most of my friends actually in London now mm. are people I met at this gym or previous gyms I used to go to. And seeing these people regularly in class, having a bit of a chit chat, mm. and you know, then, then it expanded, <clears throat> and then at the socials, some of them became very good friends. A very healthy switch of like meeting people at bars and clubs and away from fitness in the past is now fitness is a lot more community based, mm. and you meet a lot more friends and even partners in fitness, which yeah. is like more of a healthy 
Yeah. And and for me, it's it's not only, you know, that community feel that it gives also like coming and doing a workout. I'll tell you an example today. Uh, I did a class before, you know, sitting together. I wasn't feeling so great this morning. I was so anxious. Work is very busy. You know, I have a lot of deadlines. I have so much going on. And I woke up like very anxious, thinking, oh my God, like how I'm going to achieve this. And think of many things going on in my head at the same time. I came to class. I feel much better already. Part of it is, you know, the dopamine you get, you know, in, in your body, uh, you know, the hormonal effect that, you know, working out that has on you. I just feel happier. Uh, Many reasons that. around that, because man's lives, hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Going through like mental health problems or feeling upset or depressed or anxious. If you first look at the fundamental points of like, are they covered? Am I sleeping enough? Am I eating healthily? Am I moving? Um, do I have support through friends and family? Those are things you want to try and tick off first before you look at it then. I need to go to a doctor for some, I know, but... 100%. From some pills or overlooking the, the problems where they can change quite easily. Drink like alcohol. If you're depressed, you tend to drink more. Overeat, kind of isolate and don't move as much and do fitness. So those kind of like those needs that are easily met are like the first probably this step before going to doctors or saying yeah. you're depressed. Yeah. Sometimes if you get into enough sleep, it will drastically change your mood and your thoughts. 100%. Uh, it's very interesting you mentioned that. If you if you look uh, around the studies that were made around the blue zones in the world, areas or cities or villages where people usually live above the age of 100, uh, there's a high percentage of people. And there are a few places in the world. You know, Southern Italy has a place. Japan has a place. South America. Greece has, you know, also its own. One thing in common, uh, people sleep well in those places yeah. and there's some form of exercise that they mm. do all as, as a community that you know helps with that uh, one of the blue zone areas in Italy uh, it's a hill it's like a mountain area mm. so everyone has to climb you know a lot of stairs every day uh, so it's strength throughout yeah. anyway you know climbing stairs and, and going up hills it's uh, etc and the effect that has on their mental health and that by itself that when you have a good mental health state, that affects your longevity. I think and a lot of less distractions rather than sitting down with TV or someone. Hundred percent. They, they kind of go outside and they, and they play bowls or they have like yeah. dances or have big meals together. Yeah. And that's a lot more stimulating than looking at a TV or a phone or they don't really have like Instagram or they do, but they really. Uh, also, an, an, another thing that's very common in all these blue zones is uh, the community feel mm. and how they live as a community and how they look yeah. after each other. Part of a tribe, yeah. Yeah. And one of the blue zones actually lost its status because that changed mm. uh, that community feel. I think one of the fundamental needs of humans is to, like, fulfillment is to the acts of service, isn't it? Mm. And these communities, they're like, they help each other out and they're, um, they're part of a team and I think that really... I mean, the other day I was going to central London. I was at one of the tube stations and the escalator was not working. So I had to take the stairs down. And there was this very old man going down mm. the stairs with a big suitcase. So I offered to carry his suitcase and I took it down the stairs and left it for him. You have no idea how good I felt. Mm. The rush, happiness, you know, the feelings that just doing this, you know, very simple mm. act of service to a total stranger that I don't know his name that I spoke to for like three, four seconds to ask him if it's okay to carry his bag, how that made me feel. So imagine that, you know, amplified if we are living in a community mm. that really supports each other. One of the main things about depression is you feel like you're not needed, you're useless or you're, mm. no one loves you or likes you. So like in a way, like doing more community projects or helping a friend or family is actually going to be improving that thought process isn't it 100% going back to statistics again it's very common like couples when one of them passes away 
it's usually between a year and a year and a half. The mm. second one passes away. Mm. Especially, uh, especially later life. Yeah, old age, yeah. And, and part of it is because you feel you're Depend- not needed yeah. anymore. It's uh, such a dependency. But yeah. and, and we as men, that, that's huge for us because we are brought up in a way that we believe a lot of people around us mm. are dependent on us. The suicide rate in men is much higher than women. And I think one of the main factors of that is the lack of support, the masculine stereotypes, isn't it? Yeah, it's again that toxic masculinity. We feel it's shameful to to, mm. to ask for help. Think about it in a traditional setup. Okay, whom do you ask for for, for help? Who will you talk mm. to about it? Your friends or your family? It depends on the age, is it really? But yeah, but let's say you're at if a you're younger. Close to, if you're close to your family, yeah, your family. Ex- exactly. But then if you're fo- and it's very likely you're going to speak to, to your mm. father if he's around or brother, you know, to another male figure, you know, you would feel more comfortable. I, I would feel more comfortable, yeah. you know, speaking to a male figure about mm. this because they would understand more what I'm going through. A lot of times, you know, you don't have the right person to be able to the speak right to. The right role model. Yeah. A lot of times, well, like you say to someone, you just want to chat or to be listened to, the solution is, let's go to the pub, let's get exactly. you drunk. Let's forget about it. Exactly. Actually, Let's bury those feelings. You need you to know? express it rather than bottling in. Yeah. You need a night out. Sorry. You need to get laid. You know, like you hear all of these things, mm, you know. But actually, all what you need choice. to do is to talk about it. Well, you see, like, if you go into a bookstore, the top, like, maybe half the top 10 books are all self-help books. Yeah. Because people are crying out for the right advice. Mm. And if you go on social media, everyone's an expert, aren't they? Yeah. Like, so we are probably exposed to more healthy solutions, but then we still got that toxic masculinity stereotypes in the back of your head and 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 in a way you cannot blame them because also like other family members Mm. and friends you know are raised in an environment that this is the norm this Mm. is the way to do it uh also if you look at the millennials or you know the baby boomers as well like you know the families were huge Mm. like you know (laughs) when you're part of a family member of like six or seven people uh the space and the ears to listen to you are less present. Obviously, we're in November and it's a big month for Movember, which is support suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and yep. testicular cancer. Yep. So you obviously, everyone sees a lot of people go around with like moustaches and trying to support that cause. I think they prioritise funding for the three biggest health issues facing men, which are those three. Yep. Promote awareness across the world. So that's really like a, quite a good cause if, A, if you're maybe looking at giving money towards a good cause in November, or if you're maybe in a bad place or need some help, so yeah, so here at Hex, obviously um, last month we raised nearly 10 grand for cancer research and over a few years in excess of 65k. Um, and Hex will be contributing into the November charity. So I think that's quite a good one to, Definitely. to raise here. Definitely. I mean, about prostate cancer and testicular cancer, I mean, also, even even like talking about like the purely physical health issues for mm. men, there's like shame element in them. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 for example, if you say you have testicular cancer, you know, it's some, some people feel that this will diminish or make them look less masculine or there's a joke around mm. it. Could you imagine, you know, you're already going through cancer, the pressure that puts on you and that, you know, circles back to, you know, that masculinity perception that you, yeah. you, you're expected to have you know one thing that i think we also need to really do or talk about is how do we test ourselves or when to go to the doctor or what are the things that we need to look out for specific, especially for testicular cancer we don't talk about this anymore i i bet that 70 percent or 80 percent of the people don't know what are the symptoms or what mm. to look for? And that's like another topic that we need to talk more about. Because I, I think the, the only thing that I've really heard about from a young age until now is the whole um, in the shower, check, yeah. check for lumps. 
but again yeah we, we see like more talk about you know other other cancers or other disease uh but you know the the percentage of people that get prostate cancer and testicular cancer is is very significant uh, i personally like i i have family members who had prostate cancer and you know i i've seen how could it, it could develop and uh, it's and i remember you know i had a family member who had prostate cancer passed away now and when it was for, he was first diagnosed it was a hush hush situation mm. because you know that that correlates with fertility and having a family and uh, and, and and all of that so i think like i'm uh, knowing what to check and how to check is probably important. Yeah. Maybe quite good to at the gym because obviously this age is quite a good, good way of exactly. checking, isn't it, before it's too late? Hundred percent. And obviously, you know, the physical exercise and exercising has a lot of benefits. You know, to prevent cancer. And you know, we're, we're not medical experts, but it's a known fact. Yeah. Also, things going back on terms of um, mental health and recognizing symptoms of mental health. So, if like probably all of us out there know some, either had it ourselves or know someone that's close to us. That is suffering from some mental health. It's all about awareness. Whether they're withdrawing, the sadness, unmotivated, some self harm, risk taking, weight weight loss, weight gain, mood swings, drug or alcohol abuse, and behavioural changes, and more. Some of the things that you can maybe tell that someone close to you needs a little bit of support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always keep an eye on your on your circle. Uh, look out for 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 these uh, behaviours or symptoms. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask, you know, the, the mm. question, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? Uh, some people just need to be invited. Then, you know, they'll, they, they, they'll be able to speak. You just need to basically ensure that you're creating that safe space, mm. you know, to your friends and family and, and the close people to you that it's okay to talk. And a lot of them, they just want to be heard. They don't necessarily want exactly. advice. They just want to be heard. I mean, out of your experience, Phil, like how many times just talking about something that's bothering you made, yeah. you, made you feel good? Well, yeah, spot up inside, you need to get off your chest. Exactly. Uh, that link to like fitness of them and getting maybe people that aren't into the fitness who are maybe suffering from depression into a gym is gonna yeah. it's gonna help. Yeah. I mean, come to a cardio class. Uh, <laughs> how amazing Just is that? Moving, yeah. yeah, keep keep moving. You know, uh, sometimes you have frustration, anger. So it's also just like a redirection of thoughts sometimes. Exactly. As we all know, like yeah. we've all had a bit of depression in the past. It's like it's your the negative thoughts get over and over. So you need yeah. that kind of like yeah. switch of direction and. Yeah. And training, you're literally just in your own head. If you just start fitness, you're probably just thinking, I need to just get through the session. So you're not thinking about the and, negative and, emotions, are you? And, and, and not, not only that, like, I notice it for myself after a session, the clarity I have. Yeah. And with that clarity comes better decision-making, better way of thinking, uh, a more constructive way of mm. analyzing events in your life. Let's talk about suffering in a well healthy way because you're suffering in fitness but with a community that's suffering with you something quite strong and yep. empowering about that isn't it yeah so coming to like a community gym um a bit like hex and you're if you're not that fit but you're literally pushing yourself to get fitter we're around people who yep. do the same thing it's really empowering i mean one great thing about here like at hex you know going to class and you see like people all and you know on different fitness journeys yeah uh, but we're all like working towards the same goal. And this is great because, you know, you don't feel like, you know, you're on your own trying to achieve something here. And it's, as you said, it's a community and uh, that by itself is rewarding. If you know someone that's maybe a bit, been a bit quiet or distant or is, you might think it needs a bit of support, yeah. pick up the phone, invite them out, yeah. give them a chat, invite them to the gym. Um, uh, another thing is if, if you go to a regular class, there's someone you see regularly in this yeah. class and suddenly you haven't seen them for a week or two, uh, 
uh, if you're friends with them or you have some sort of contact, mm. you know, check on them. Uh, it might they might be away for work or on holidays, but check on them. Because linked quite a lot with like feeling yeah. shit about yourself. So like, yeah. if you're not feeling good about yourself, you wouldn't yeah. go to the gym and. Exactly. You'd like more like to go to the pub and things like yeah. that. So it's trying to draw them back into a healthy environment. Right? And the spiral effect, you know, sometimes you get stuck. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to get out of it. All you, but you need is someone to help you, you know, yeah. uh, or a question or uh, or like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. What's 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 going on? Uh, let's come to the next class together. Uh, yeah. And and then you're in a way, you know, creating a space, helping that person in a way or another. And also like for men that have gone past that bit and they're still in quite bad shape, it's, it's, it's healthy to go and talk to your doctor or a therapist yeah. and get help and there's no shame in that so yeah there's a lot of like charities as well and a lot of organizations go to like online you'll find a lot of resources I mean, there's like men's health forum yeah men's health network campaign against miserable as a misery living yeah. and these man clubs marathons men's shed man up check these um yeah but men's shed for example great work i've also seen i don't know if if it's correct it's like men get sad too like as well like there's there's a lot of organizations and it's you know and and i think, I think november there's a lot of information out there now than there used to be yeah so 20 years ago it probably wasn't as much maybe because the internet wasn't really that popular back then exactly but these days there's so much information out there that you can investigate and 100 percent support yourself growing mustache yeah, Grow mustache. <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of people that are willing to hear and help. Just mm. ask for help. Thanks for that, Andre. Um, I hope some people have got some takeaways from that. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks.